Hello and welcome to another Sports Next Door podcast. My name is Owen. Today is Friday, June 24th. Happy Jean-Baptiste Day uh, as Max is out for the holiday and uh, we have been <laughs> a little quiet here now for about a week or so, but back in action here to give you my solo thoughts. There's a podcast lost to the depths of poor audio quality last Friday, so looking to catch up here uh, a week later on and hope everyone's having a great start to the summer here. Lots to talk about. Obviously, since the last podcast, we did have an NBA champion crowned and the NBA draft was also held, as well as the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Toronto and Vancouver were awarded host bids uh, for the 2026 World Cup. And so lots to, lots to mention, but really going to stick to basketball and hockey on this one and uh, give you my thoughts here as we go through. All right, jumping in to the NBA champion Golden State Warriors and the trash talk that followed that for a week. When you are the champions, you do have the opportunity and the platform to go back at all the haters. Uh, congratulations to Golden State. Andrew Wiggins, the eighth Canadian player in NBA history to win a title, was awesome. Uh, he did a great job defending Tatum and shutting him down at the end there. Jason Tatum goes out softly, but for 24 years of age, a uh, ton, a ton of ceiling. So really my take there is, is not to get too hard on this Celtics uh, young duo near the end here. They have made three conference finals now in their first six or seven seasons together and uh, now an NBA finals against a all-time Warriors team uh, who can't classify them as a dynasty per se, but they have had a dynastic run over the last eight years, uh, six finals appearances and, and three titles, four titles now in there. Um, really, really impressive stuff. And Steph Curry for him winning finals MVP, really a, a final validation of his accomplishments. And that's finally the last uh, bit of hardware that vaults him into arguably top 10 player of all time. And with the impact that he has had on the league itself and the way that um, basketball has changed because of his incredible shooting ability and being the best at his craft, I would say he's probably sitting around that seven to 10 range in the all-time conversation with so much more time to go. And with the way that he shoots the threes, the points will accumulate and uh, he'll have a pretty steadfast case that he's, if not a top five player, uh, he's, he's right around that mark. Um, really, really incredible. And for a guy at his size um, to do the things that he's done, it's just, it's really, really, really impressive. Um, and yeah, Golden State, um, this was this was the team that actually was the most fun to root for out of their uh, run, but they've done it and uh, it's going to change the way that teams look at things next year. A little bit less possibly pick and roll, a little bit more wing depth uh, and, and shooting, of course, the ever present and important uh, skill that exists in the NBA. As we move along here, do have some trades to talk through. Uh, first of all, Christian Wood 
going to the Dallas Mavericks. Thought this was a great move for Dallas. Um, they give up really four role players and a pick, and um, all of those guys replaceable that they give up, and they get Christian Wood, who's going to be phenomenal beside Luca with his offensive talent, and he gets marks taken for his defensive ability and effort. Uh, but it, it'll be very different coming from Houston, a a top three lottery team uh, to the Dallas Mavericks who are just in the Western conference finals. And we've seen players turn on the defensive intensity when they've needed to. And I think Christian Wood just fits in a lot better with this team and is a massive upgrade over the Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba minutes that currently live in the, uh, the Mavericks center rotation. Another guy on the move and a team that was interested in more of his position, Jeremy Grant going to the Portland Trailblazers for a 2025 first round pick. Portland also looking into OG Ananobi um, and, and seem to be looking to replace the wings to make their rebuild a little bit quicker turnaround to uh, appease Damian Lillard. And so Jeremy Grant, great pickup for them. Don't know if he moves the needle in terms of championship odds, uh, but they do, uh, they do get Jeremy Grant there, and it's a solid piece to add alongside Dame uh, as a secondary scorer and a defender, and we'll see how Portland continues to build around those two moving forward. So we arrive at draft night here, and I mean, not too many surprises in the top three. Beyond that, things get a little bit more interesting. So I am uh, going to kind of walk through my, my winners and losers here and then talk about some interesting sleepers uh, as well as any uh, surprises there that, that happened along the way. So at number one, the Orlando Magic, um, lots of last-minute crisscrossing and different thoughts out there on who they were going to take. They end up settling on... Uh, Duke forward Paolo Bancaro, um, who's gotten a lot of Carmelo Anthony comparisons, 6'10", 250. Um, sweet shooter, a sweet playmaker. And just in this league, uh, your your top great players are the larger guys who can have the perimeter skill set. And this is what Paolo brings to the table. And he is a ready-made player already for the NBA, um, going to... Uh, really benefit greatly from the additional space provided in the league and uh, not the best fit there with Franz Wagner already on the magic, but he does slide in well with a Jalen Suggs uh, with a Wendell Carter jr. And uh, this Orlando team uh, with another first round pick, they've managed to hit on a couple of those in their history are hoping that Palo's a guy who can uh, return their franchise to uh, a top tier contender. And I think he's, he's definitely got the ceiling of a great player, but we shall see um, not as many people ha as high on him as some of the generational first round picks, but um, not a shocking selection at number one. And it makes Oklahoma city's uh, job a little bit easier at two, because the other guy who probably would have gone number one was Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. Uh, a lot said about him. He has been very popular on social media for a number of years now. A seven-footer, uh, does all of the things right. A little bit uh, undersized in terms of weight, which has been the major drawback that most um, fans and 
analysts of the game have brought up, but uh, OKC, no worries about that. They've already taken Alexei Pokashevsky in the past, and they're going to have two tall string beans to run out there. Chet will put on more mass, and just the way that he plays the game, I think he's going to be incredibly successful. And what this leads to is a really, really intriguing lineup of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, uh, maybe a Pokushevsky, maybe another four that's that's a little bit more defensively oriented, and, and Chet Holmgren. So a really tall and skilled lineup that Oklahoma City could throw out there. Uh, really, really intriguing. And I love the fit there with Giddy and Shea. At three, the Rockets get Jabari Smith, um, who's going to be an awesome player can really stroke it from three, plays great defense, uh, an interior threat as well. He's not yet developed his perimeter skill set to a place where you trust him with the ball in his hands a lot of the times, at least uh, creating for himself, but definitely as the receiver. And that is where he's going to be kind of sliding into that Christian Wood spot now that the Rockets have freed up from the trade. Uh, and, and Jabari Smith is someone who has, is used to playing with ball dominant score first guards so he will slide in well with Jalen Green and um, it's a nice fit but uh, if if you're Houston you're maybe hoping for um, Chet or Paolo to fall into your hands obviously Jabari is great at three and an easy easy selection it's not going to get anyone fired Um, and so I'm curious to see how that team is going to go next year I could see them falling though into the lottery once again next year uh who doesn't want to fall into the lottery with with victor dubs coming up next year so we go to four we get to our first loser of the night i'm so sorry kings fans uh once again they go a little bit outside of expectations and maybe pick for uh fit as opposed to best player available and they go with keegan murray from iowa uh who is a, a great scorer and a great prospect um, you have some worries about the athleticism translating to the NBA, but again, wings really important. So they go and get one there. Uh, but Jaden Ivey was consensus top four and a guy who could have slid into the top three for some teams on their boards. And a little bit surprising that Sacramento, after moving off of Halliburton, which is a terrible move, uh, decides not to go with Ivy as the fit there is difficult with De'Aaron Fox, but uh, I don't know, man. Um, they they continue to make confounding decisions. If you wanted Keegan Murray, you probably could have moved back uh, with with Indiana or Detroit outbidding one another to get Jaden Ivey. As uh, following that, Detroit takes Ivey at five. He's a great fit with Cade Cunningham. Um, I I really like the fit there of just having a playmaking defensive oriented guard and then a slashing attacking guard uh, that that'll both they'll both be able to dynamically open up the floor for for Detroit and so uh yeah Sacramento loser of the draft there for me and then uh we'll we'll translate to a winner here Canadian basketball the future is almost here it's coming four Canadians total picked in the draft uh but two of them they they come in pairs uh last night with Benedict Matherin from Montreal selected by the Pacers uh, with the sixth pick, and then Shaden Sharp, um, the Enigma, selected number seven by Portland. Uh, happy for both of these guys. They're going to be great pros. Benedict Matherin, your prototypical 6'6 wing who uh, who can shoot it, who can play some defense, and uh, he skyrocketed up boards throughout the draft uh, process this year. 
and I think he's going to contribute to that Indiana team who is filled out a little bit at the guard position. And of course they have Miles Turner. So looking for some wing depth to really fill in there uh, moving forward. And then Shaden Sharp didn't play in university uh, for Kentucky, uh, but was a top, top prospect uh, and, and really dominated the EYBL circuit. And so he has uh, a ton of opportunity to jump in here underneath uh, Anthony Simons and underneath Damian Lillard and be a, a kind of third scoring option there. He'll have to try and take the ball out of Jeremy Grant's hands at times, but um, a, a really cool spot for him to land, to have the opportunity to get a ton of minutes. He'll, uh, with Simons likely slotting into the starting lineup, he'll get that Simons role off the bench of being that sixth man to really come in and be a microwave and he's going to be a great scorer in the league moving along here uh love jeremy so so Sohan to uh the san antonio spurs um a great forward for them to add to the likes of of Dejounte murray and and uh keon johnson um or sorry uh wow i'm blanking on on johnson's first name there uh but adding in another wing uh, to their depth and and uh, a guy that they're hopefully can develop. The Spurs do have a great development system, so a uh, great spot for him to land. Johnny Davis going to Wis- or, pardon me, going to the Wizards at ten. Um, another great guy, kind of in that Keegan Murray spot, and he falls a little bit to ten on boards. I I actually I, I don't know if I love the pick for the Wizards just with them taking Corey Kispert last year. Uh, but he could be a, a Bradley Beal replacement if they decide to move Beal. The New York Knicks, uh, I would, I'm hovering on them. I tend to lean loser there just with uh, them getting a consensus pick that everyone would have loved in Usman Jeng. Um, they, they end up trading him. Uh, they also move off of Kemba Walker, who goes to the Detroit uh, to provide a leadership presence there. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know what the Knicks were thinking. They end up trading Walker, uh, in that number 11 pick and getting a couple of future firsts that they're hoping can turn into something. Uh, but I, I don't know. I would have probably taken Yusman Jang, who, uh, who is a <laughs> fantastic, interesting prospect there at 6'10", 205, played in Australia. Um, great playmaker needs to develop the shot a little bit more, but has an NBA body that, that you really love to see. Uh, so the Knicks, I think, take an L on this one as they're, they're trying to galaxy brain things a little bit. The Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, already drafting uh, Chet, but they do land uh, J- two Jalen Williams <laughs> from, from various picks there. And then uh, also uh, landing another prospect in the draft, which I, I cannot find for the life of me right now, but uh, love the the Oklahoma City draft hall there. Uh, I think they're a winner. And then Memphis, the Grizzlies. Um, you can never mark them as a loser in the draft as their ability to get talent is unmatched right now in the modern NBA, but they stretch a little bit for uh, Jake LaRavia and, and David Roddy, two guys that a lot of people had in the second round on their board. And so I'm, I am going to go against it this year and say that Memphis is a loser in this draft for just not going with some of the top tier talent. And, and they're going to continue to develop these guys who play roles, but they need to take probably one more big swing 
and I understand the idea of asset management, putting together a potential four for one, five for one trade, but you're hoping to hit on some of these guys to supplement John Morant and and Jaron Jackson Jr. They also lose DeAnthony Melton, who goes to the Sixers in exchange for Danny Green in the 23rd pick. That's how they got David Roddy. And Melton was a great player for them. So that's a big loss uh, that uh, I just, I guess they're going to replace that with, with Tyus Jones minutes. And things were a little crowded there with Bain and Morant as well. The Charlotte Hornets uh, selected Jalen Duran uh, or traded that pick to Detroit who selected Jalen Duran. So they don't get the center there, but then two picks later at 15, they do select Mark Williams out of Duke uh, who uh, is going to be a great pro. Just one of those guys who you can instantly plug in and fit into your offense. Uh, He'll fit in really well with LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges there on that team. So uh, I love the pick there. A.J. Griffin to Atlanta. That's two years in a row that Atlanta's getting um, a Duke prospect that has fallen down the board a little bit. Jalen Johnson and then A.J. Griffin. I had a couple of great wings that I think will really help supplement um, the loss of Cam Reddish. And uh, if DeAndre Hunter continues to have injury problems, those guys will be able to grow and step in. Um, you're just looking for more defense to put around uh, Trey Young. Going down the draft a little bit more here, just mentioned the other two Canadians taken, uh, Andrew Nemhard and Caleb Houston. Uh, congratulations to them. Canada stays winning uh, in the draft with those two guys taken 31 and 32. And then uh, Nikola Jovic going to the Miami Heat. That one just a fun one because of the similarities in game to Nikola Jokic. Don't know if I necessarily love the fit in Miami just with uh, how hard they run down their players, but could be a high upside pick for them. And then Patrick Baldwin Jr. I have as a winner because he is going to the winners, to the champs, to the Golden State Warriors. And uh, I think he's a great forward that for them to add in at 610, 230. I think he's fallen down boards. He was projected to be in the lottery at the beginning of this college season. And so that's a high-end talent that Golden State can get a little bit later in the draft there uh, and and add to their team as they'll probably be losing uh, either Otto Porter, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, definitely Iguodala won't play heavy minutes for them if he's back. And so looking for another wing to put back into the rotation for the regular season and hopefully make another title run. Right after the two Canadians there, We do have Canada's team picking Toronto Raptors. Of course, can't go throughout a podcast without discussing them. And and they go with Christian Coloco out of Arizona uh, and and originally from Cameroon. Great photo there with Pascal Siakam posted. Uh, The Raptors finally get the center prospect. I think that they were looking for, um, obviously not in the same tier as some of the earlier centers taken, but another guy, they can plug in who brings a great deal of defense, uh, shot blocker, rebounder, uh, high motor, and is is a guy that now they can develop hopefully into someone who maybe sits behind Pe- Precious Achua in the starting lineup, but long term is is could be a low cost option instead of having to. Uh, search around the bargain bin for a center Um, and I I do love the pick and the part that I'm concerned about is how much everyone else loved that pick uh, for the Raptors just scrolling through the rest of the draft here uh, not much more the the Cavaliers get Isaiah Mobley Evan Mobley's uh, brother that's a that's a fun one there Um, 
wonder what it would be like playing on on a professional sports team with your sibling definitely a an interesting (laughs) dynamic there for sure as Mobley will be the star of that Cavs franchise with Darius Garland moving forward so his brother uh probably near the end of the rotation be fascinating to see how that works out but could also be great for both of them to spend a lot of time together I know the Morris brothers uh were were uh always happy for the chance to see each other as well as the Noah brothers uh as well so um interesting pick there and then we did see a couple of uh former hall of famers sons uh picked uh or signed to undrafted contracts uh scotty pippen jr and uh sharif o'neal signing undrafted uh trial contracts with the los angeles lakers um so lakers get some names i just don't know if they'll get the talent that they're looking for out of those two guys but i wish them the best of luck in their pursuits of making an nba career all right, that is uh, that's the big walk through the draft. There, lots and lots to talk about moving forward about potential trades looming, uh, all that Kyrie and KD business that I just don't have time to get into today. But we'll see if there are any more big moves on the horizon. Now is the time where we can see them, as teams are able to go over the cap and uh, go under roster limits and and do all the crazy stuff before the start of the season. So. If, if you're in Memphis, if you're in Atlanta, if you're looking for that four for five, one, five for one trade, now is the time to do so. So we'll keep our eyes on that moving forward. We'll get to talk in hockey here where the lightning are now on the ropes and uh, John, coach John Cooper, not happy about it. Uh, game five set to go in about two and a half hours time here, but the overtime winner from Nazem Kadri, great move. Welcome back, Nas. So happy to see him score that one uh, late, late uh, coming back from no playing in, in 18 days, the thumb surgery. He scores overtime winner, questionable with uh, six skaters on the ice for Colorado, but overall didn't impact uh, the fact that he scored and Colorado was able to hang in there uh, on the road. They've only lost one game on the road in all of the playoffs, and it's a significant win to put Tampa on the brink. Still can't count out Tampa. Um, if they even just win game five, uh, I think Colorado, this is this is uh, should win territory. This is where you put them away before uh, Tampa has a, a last chance to turn around. The Lightning look beaten, bruised, and battered. Um, multiple occasions, point. Perry, Paul, uh, Bogosian, uh, Maroon, Sergachev, Stamkos, all taking beatings and having to go off for separate stretches. And it just looks like this Colorado team is healthier and faster. Uh, and they just have the, the X factor that some of these other teams were missing to provide a different look. And Goaltending hasn't been the death of the avalanche. And because of that, their offense has been able to stay humming. And especially the special teams, they have been killing the Tampa Bay Lightning on the power play. And so Tampa is going to have to make an adjustment one more time and see if they can uh, have a strong penalty kill. And you look here for Tampa to score first. Uh, it'll put them in a great spot because of how well they uh, do at blocking shots and directing things away from the middle of the ice and and looking for their options on the counterattack. Um, 
yeah, the the ever important first goal feels even more important in this game five tonight. I just can't wait for Blink-182 from the Colorado Avalanche fans. The last thing to point out here is we did have NHL awards, which I don't understand why they do the show in the middle of the Stanley Cup finals. I think you could draw it out and get some more storylines here. Uh, but we do get we do get some winners here, and uh, it's a big, big moment for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which kind of is shrouded in the Stanley Cup Finals, but Austin Matthews winning the Hart Trophy um, by a pretty sizable margin over Connor McDavid and Igor Shesterkin. Uh, he just had a fantastic season. Can't say it enough. 50 and 50 uh, is, is pretty unprecedented in this era. So congrats to Austin. He also takes home uh, the Ted Lindsay as well. So his peers agree with the media. The Norris, of course, goes to Kale McCarr, who's really been put into the limelight in the finals with his excellent play. Um, it was a really close race, though, with Roman Yossi Makar edging him out by just 25 points, um, and that is saying something. Yeah, both of those guys had an incredible season, but I think you go with the right pick here, uh, and, and if the Avalanche end up winning, it's a it's a historic season for a defenseman in the books, especially at Makar's age. He's going to win plenty more Norses uh, in his future. The Calder goes to Moritz Sider. Uh, who was awesome with the Detroit Red Wings this season. Michael Bunting finishing third, uh, nothing to sneeze at, and actually Timothy Liljegren down in uh, 11th, another Toronto player on the list. Uh, Zegris finishing second and had the highlights and had the storylines, but overall consistently, uh, Cider had the best season. Vesna goes to Igor Shesterkin, no surprise there, pretty much a runaway. Uh, Markstrom second on that list, but Igor was fantastic this season and uh, really deserved it. Shout out to Mitch Marner, who made the uh, first all-star team uh, for the season. Um, An awesome moment for him. And then uh, we go down the list here. The Bill Masterton to Carey Price, awesome for him, finally back in the NHL. the Bergeron Trophy, sorry, I mean the Selkie Trophy goes to Patrice once again, and Daryl Sutter of the Flames winning the Jack Adams. Um, who would have had that picked at the beginning of the season? Not me. All right, lots and lots to go through there. Basketball, hockey. I apologize. Uh, I can't give you the the full hour or, or or forty-five minutes that we can normally give on the pod, but just wanted to throw my thoughts out there. It's been a while since. We've we've uh, spoken to the Podverse, and thanks everyone once again for listening. I hope you have a great Saint Baptiste Day, uh, or if you are south of the border, I know we have some Independence Days coming up, and uh, summer has begun. So get out there and enjoy the warm weather. I know that's what I'm about to do. So until then, uh, to steal Max's line, Sports Next Door, signing out.